0: Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH.
1: everybody to a Friday edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor with you, Jad Chambers producing for us as we get ready for another wild and crazy day of college basketball. All three of Wichita State, Kansas, and Kansas State beginning their postseasons yesterday. Wins for KU and Wichita State. That'll be it until the big dance for K-State. Welcome into you, everybody. 869-1240 is the number to call. If you want to chat about any of it, we'll go back through yesterday's games we'll look ahead to today's games talk about the implications uh, we will talk to you after today for the first time since selection sunday on monday so a lot to get through today glad to be with you um we're looking forward to it there's bets to talk about uh, we'll take a look at some of the lines with bet mgm an interesting betting day yesterday as well tommy good morning how are you
2: it's the most wonderful time of the year. We are in the thick of it right now in conference tournaments. And uh, you and I were, were talking before the show about what we were going to get into today. And it's it's all basketball. It's basketball. It's a basketball Friday uh, with the fact that we've got the Big 12 tournament, the American tournament, all of that stuff going on. And I'm looking forward to diving right in today.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a good day. And, and let's start with... Gosh, let's start with Ku. Bill Self became the biggest story of the day yesterday. Um, it, you know, the news came out right as we were on the air. We were trying to sort through it. Uh, never really got crystal clear, except that the hospital later in the day did come out and say it was not a heart attack. Um, lots of reports though uh, that you know it was a you know a dangerous situation that was maybe avoided here, Bill Self. Uh, By an official account, got a standard procedure and will miss the rest of the Big 12 tournament. Definitely had to be hospitalized. We'll see about the NCAA tournament. Don't want to speculate too much further than that because at some point, Bill Self will likely just tell everybody what he wants to. Um, That's generally how he handles things. When that time comes, we'll get that info. But what we do know is KU will be with Norm Roberts. And Norm Roberts has been perfect as KU's head coach this year. And I saw a funny thing out yesterday, Tommy. Norm Roberts now has more quad one wins than North Carolina. Um, he's done He's done a nice yeah. job filling in. And I don't think there's anybody on the planet that would tell you KU doesn't need Bill Self back. But KU having a long-time assistant, it would have been like last year if Scott Drew had to miss any time and, and Jerome Tang step in, right? Like, you've got a long-time assistant here. They're not going to have to change anything up or do anything differently. You know, there's some in-game stuff that you're certainly missing out on and some prep stuff that you'll be missing out on. But Norm Roberts has handled himself fine. And Kansas yesterday, in a matchup we were already somewhat nervous about, right, with West Virginia, um, looked really good. And kind of, you know, just put that thing into cruise control pretty early and gets off to a good start in this, you know, this tournament continues to be Kansas and Iowa States to own historically outside of last year. They've won like all of them for a while. It's just wild. Uh, But Iowa State played really well last year. And, you know, sometimes I guess experience matters. Having all those fans there matters. And KU and Iowa State play today. But, you know, KU yesterday, Tommy, I thought they handled everything just fine. The players talking after the game. Everybody seemed calm and under control. I don't know if they've had a chance to hear from Bill Self. I'm sure they have by now, but. Um, they, you know, that was that was as impressive, all things considered, in some circumstances nobody expected yesterday.
2: It sort of seemed like one thing after another. First, the Bills' self-news, and then pretty much uh, right as we went off the air, there was the report yesterday that Kevin McCuller uh, may not play and was not going to start. And, uh, you know, he so I thought, okay, uh, right. And so, of course, the, the first thing that I thought of was, well, first the Bill Self news and now this with Kevin McCuller. And I was really concerned about, you know, what the Jayhawks would do. And if, you know, they would just say, you know what, look, we got to get Kevin McCuller healthy and we got to try to get Bill Self back. Uh, this might not be our weekend. They didn't do that. They, they did. They went the opposite direction where I felt like they gelled really well. I thought Joe Yasufu uh, played well in um in relief of Kevin McCuller. McCuller did come off the bench and ended up playing uh, 26 minutes, but Yesifu, uh, the the start, and he played 18, you know, and I thought that, Basically, it was kind of that next man up scenario, both by the coach with Norm Roberts and with Joe Yesifu stepping in for Kevin McCuller. And so uh, I, I was really pleased with the way that they responded to that adversity uh, with not having their coach on the sideline and not having Kevin McCuller. And you know what? McCuller wasn't very effective. He He made one three point shot. He was wide open in the corner late in the game. That kind of put the icing on the cake for the Jayhawks. But really, other than that, he wasn't super effective. You could tell that he didn't feel great. Uh, so I wonder what his effectiveness and his availability will look like uh, as the tournament rolls on. But all in all, I-, I was pleasantly happy with the way the Jayhawks responded to uh, the two different pieces of not-so-great news they got yesterday.
1: Yeah, and, and they get to turn around and play again, and they're equipped to do this. And, you know, KU, I, I just I think that, I think that KU is primed and in the bill self thing is something to watch, but it just feels like they're in really good shape. And we kind of needed to see yesterday, right after a little bit of a stumble there in the regular season finale against Texas. And I never know what to think of those things when there wasn't really anything to play for. Um, I, I just think, I think Kansas, regardless of what help, happens the rest of the tournament. Well, I shouldn't say that if they lose to Iowa state today, it's going to give me pause, right? Um, but I don't think that they will. By the way, Bet MGM right now uh, with Kansas, four and a half point favorites um against Iowa State and an over Tommy number of one twenty nine and a half. Now, when these two teams have played, they've been low scoring games. But one twenty nine and a half, I, I'm I'm going over that. For sure, I've already placed that bet here this morning on Bet MGM. And uh I, I will also take them minus four and a half. And maybe Iowa State's got some of that magic. We know we know that they play this tournament well. Always. We know their fans are if you've ever been to this tournament, it it like they turn the streets red and yellow or whatever the official names of their colors are at night with you know. I've walked around down there and you go into the alleys and there's just like mountains of empty kegs, like wounded, you know, wounded beasts out there. And the Iowa State (laughs) fans come and they party hard and they take over the town and it's awesome. I love it. I think it's really, really cool. And they do well in this tournament. But I'm still, you know, this is another opportunity here for Kansas to just sort of, you know, quietly, because I think it has been quiet you know, let everybody know that they've been at the top of the mountain of clearly the country's best league and historically one of the best leagues we've ever seen in an individual season. Kansas won it, right, outright after replacing 60% of their roster from the, you know, from the natty last year. I mean, it really is pretty remarkable to think about that. And here they are, their coach goes to the hospital and they come out and they roll up on, you know, a team that was hot in West Virginia, uh, they do it relatively comfortably, by 17 points, and they're sitting here looking at this thing, and again, I, I just don't think they've got the hype they have in a lot of years, and I get the reasons why, but Kansas' is best, Tommy, is as good or better than anybody else's, and and they're just quietly rolling through this thing with the right kind of swag and the and doing the, the things that they need to do really well. They held West Virginia to 23 first half points. Their defense is playing outstanding right now.
2: The only thing that gives me pause about the game today with Iowa State is that I think there's an argument to be made that Iowa State is a better team without Caleb Grill. They've played yeah, better without Caleb Grill. I mean they just have. I mean look like I I mean I I, I don't want to be A jerk about it, but it's just kind of the truth. Like if you look at the results that Iowa State has had since Caleb Grill left the team, they've played really, really good. And you know, so I I think that some of that has to do with the team wanting to respond a little bit, right? And say, hey, we can we can still perform at a high level. But man, like I certainly wasn't going to pick Iowa State to beat Baylor yesterday. And they looked pretty dominant in doing it. I mean, they were up double digits multiple times over the course of the game against Baylor yesterday. And I think that we both agree that Baylor could be one of those final four teams. And Mm -hmm. Iowa State uh, maybe had just missed that cut of us considering them to make a deep tournament run. And here they go. And they beat Baylor. And of course, we know they play well in the Big 12 tournament. That's the only thing that gives me pause about that spread tonight against Kansas uh, is the fact that Iowa State number one plays the Big Twelve tournament typically very well, and number two, they're riding red hot right now, and that's a credit to TJ Olselberger because they very easily, kind of like what we had talked about, you know, with with Wichita State. I know we're going to talk about them later, but you know, they could have very easily just packed it in and, and went home when they lost Caleb Grill, and you know, hey, it's not going to happen for us. We've you know, we had a great start, but we've cooled off since then. It's not going to work out. You know, let's move on. They didn't do that, and they're they're you know in the NCAA tournament for sure, and they've got an opportunity here to knock off the Kansas team, really make a statement, and go to the Big Twelve championship game this weekend. I, I, again, I, I like Kansas in this game, but I wouldn't discount the kind of talent that Iowa State has.
1: It, yeah, I don't want to discount anything Iowa State's done, and I don't know. I mean, they're definitely playing better right now since the Caleb Grill news happened. I don't think they're like a better team than they would be if Caleb Grill was, you know, healthy and everything was normal as it was earlier in the year. But clearly, things were not going well there. And again, we we hope that Caleb Grill is able to, you know, to get healthy. Um, And as he talked about some of the stuff that that has been troubling him lately— Um, but yeah, they're, they're playing well right now. And, and I don't know how good I think they're playing well is ultimately. Um, I still don't buy, I I've never really bought it this year and that's not a knock on them. It's a credit to them, honestly, because I think they've, they far exceeded my expectations anyway. Um, I mean, they
2: shot 50% from the field against Baylor yesterday and they out rebounded Baylor. I mean, did you see those rebounding numbers? 44-17, 44 to 17. They out-rebounded Baylor yesterday. And that's they, that's uncharacteristic of Baylor and a scout team for sure. It is. But man, like they were flying on those boards.
1: They're not going to out-tough Kansas. They're not going to out-tough TCU. Uh those two teams for sure. And we'll get to TCU and Kansas State in that bloodbath last night. But they're not going to out, you know, those two teams at minimum are going to match that part of Iowa State's game, and I think both of those two teams are more talented. Now, against Baylor, okay, this isn't that typical Baylor team, right, where they're just going to smash you all game long. Texas isn't that, I don't think. Maybe they can be, but Iowa State, you know, they do their thing really well, and they have most of the time this year. I don't know. I I just don't think this is a great matchup for them because I don't think Kansas is going to let anybody do that to them right now when they're peaking defensively and they're feeling it that way. And it's just like, they're so versatile offensively, but the defense is going to stay consistent. At least it has late in the year for the most part. So I just don't like, I just don't really like the matchup for Iowa state. But again, it's, you know, it's Hilton South here at, at the T-Mobile center. We know that historically, Iowa state can absolutely win this tournament. They've won it as much as anybody else has in the history of the tournament being in Kansas city, so that's not going to surprise me either. I just like Kansas today, uh, just based more. It's more based on the way Kansas played yesterday than it is anything to do with Iowa State. Kansas looks like they're grooving right now. They've got that feel to them, right? When they went on their win streak, when they did those things, and and they, you know, they did it. They were so diverse offensively yesterday. You had the four threes from. Uh, from Grady Dick. You had Jalen Wilson being the best version of himself. KJ Adams on the lobs. Dewan Harris getting to that critical double-digit scoring mark. Like, they did all the things that they need to do, and they did it with a wounded McCuller. And, you know, Yesifu filled in nicely. McCuller still played 26 minutes, right? He didn't start, but he still played 26 minutes, and, and he was a good rebounder while he was in there. But you could tell watching him play, he was uncomfortable. Um, and yeah. Yesifu... You know Yesufu, who doesn't get to start and do all these things all the time, a little bit of the yips, but he's a he's a spark plug too. He's got definitely things that he brings to the table, and and we'll see. I I'm curious to know how how much McCuller can go because that's a big mm-hmm. thing, and and maybe that's why the line is what it is in both directions. Maybe that's why it's not a big margin, and maybe that's why the total is so low, is because you don't have your defensive specialist, your you know, your junkyard dog out there and Kevin McCullough at full strength. And maybe that's what's swaying things a little bit.
2: And you also know that the Jayhawks don't play a deep bench at all, ever. And, you know, like there have been a couple of players that have completely found themselves on the bench, not getting any minutes like Zach Clements and Zuby Ejiofor. They're not playing at all. Uh, and you look at the bench production from Kansas yesterday, you know, Bobby Pettiford only played six minutes and didn't score. Ernest Uday, I thought, had a couple of really good plays. He had a big dunk that was awesome, but he played 10 minutes and scored two points uh, and had, and had uh, four rebounds, but he also had four fouls. And so, you know, knowing that McCullough is wounded, and knowing that he's not at hundred percent, and then also knowing that typically the Jayhawks don't play a very deep bench, you're going to have to rely even more so on your starters, and you know making sure that. And I, when I say rely on them, I mean you have to rely on them to not get into foul trouble, to not get them get themselves in a position where they've got to go to some of these guys that you know really have not shown that they can play long extended minutes. And I think that that's going to be the Achilles heel. It hasn't been lately, but I think it's it, it could be the Achilles heel of this team. if you've got somebody like KJ Adams or Dewan Harris or whoever in the starting lineup getting into foul trouble, who do you replace them with that you trust to play long extended minutes in a critical game?
1: Yeah, you don't I mean you're you're stuck with basically the rotation that played yesterday uh, which is which is eight guys. now KU's played an eight-man rotation just about every year I've ever covered KU closely right. and paid attention to these things. They've it's got not an injured uncommon. McCuller
2: though. So it's more like a seven and a half man rotation.
1: Right. Right. And, and, but that's what they do. And, and so it, that, that part of it, I think is okay. It's the curious part of it is that the depth is not like across the board, right? It's, it's two guards that you trust in Pettiford and Yesufu, and it's you day. So, or if, if Uday or anybody has to step in and play extended minutes, that's what we don't really know, but yeah. it's, it's an experienced team that is pretty good at, you know, not getting themselves into a dangerous situation. So we'll see. KU looked really good yesterday. Uh, they handle business against West Virginia, West Virginia. I do think is going to be a dangerous tournament team that has a chance to, to make a little noise. I do like West Virginia. KU just played a really good game, you know, and, and if, if KU plays that kind of defense, they're just going to be really hard to beat because...
2: Hey, and and shout out, by the way, to Eric Stevenson. Uh, I mean, he put that team on his back, especially in the second half, and, I mean, tried to single-handedly bring West Virginia back and couldn't ultimately do it. I mean, there was too much firepower and you know overwhelmingness from from the Jayhawks but yeah shout out seven former shocker three. Eric Stevenson he did everything he could to try to get West Virginia back in the game
1: he's been good lately one of seven from three yesterday Kansas did a good job on him and everybody um but he's he's the kind of player definitely that can heat up we saw that at Wichita State when he heats up I mean he he's you're not gonna do anything to stop him he's that kind of score um All right, so there's Kansas yesterday. We'll look ahead a little bit more to Iowa State a little bit later in the show. You'll, of course, hear that game here on KFH later today. That's a 6 o'clock tip. We'll have pregame coverage and all kinds of good stuff for you there. Let's go to the Shockers next, the other winners of the teams yesterday. Uh, Big win against Tulsa. As impressive a win as they've had all year. Uh, at the right time and they continue to play well at the right time especially in the second half of that game but we'll talk Shocker hoops next on Sports Daily Chad letting his hair down a little with this jam coming back in. Got to rock out here on a Friday. Get ready for March Madness, 869-1240. If you want to talk, we've been talking KU in the first segment. We're going to make our way through all of yesterday's action and then look ahead at uh, tomorrow's action. By the way, everybody, if you want to tune in tomorrow uh, from 11 to 4 p.m. outside of when we might have games here on KFH, you can catch me on CBS Sports Radio. Um, we'll see what that schedule looks like, uh, depending on what KU does here for KFH. And we've got weekend action. You may not be able to catch me here, but I'll be on there, uh, on the Odyssey app. Uh, Tommy, it is that time of year. We've got Shocker Basketball, and we were hopeful that they would make a nice little run through this, uh, AAC tournament. Who knows? Maybe a little magic. You never know. And they start things off with a bang. Big winners last night over Tulsa, 81 to 63. Um, I, I mean, you know, the first half probably wasn't as dominant as you'd have liked to seen, but they still won it by 18 points. Um, you know, they they covered their number, so they exceeded Vegas' expectations. They played a really nice second half, scoring 51 points. And here we go. They, they continue to look good. Uh, definitely not flat out there in Fort Worth at this point. And get ready and buckle up, because these games against Tulane have been fantastic all year long, and you'll get another one today. You'll hear it over on KYN Pre-game coverage begins at 7 o'clock. This should be another fun one. Wichita State looking good yesterday, though. That was what we wanted to see, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, they put their foot on the pedal uh, against Tulsa in the second half. I was a little bit concerned in the first half that you know things weren't, uh, weren't clicking quite as well as I think that we would have wanted them to. And then, you know, credit to the team. They were able to come out in the second half and uh, absolutely dominate offensively and overwhelm Tulsa. And that's been the biggest thing is that – When they played Tulsa, I remember one of the previous games against Tulsa earlier this season, uh, they won, but they sort of let the lead slip away in the second half a little bit, and it became a little bit nerve-wracking down the stretch, and I wanted to see the Shockers avoid that yesterday, which they were able to do, putting up 51 points in the second half, and I thought that clearly... Having Jaquan Walton back, he didn't start the game, but having him available and being able to play, he played 22 minutes and scored 11 points. That was, you know, a, a big addition for Wichita State to have him back, especially as they want to make that that American Conference tournament run. And so I was impressed with the with the victory by Wichita State, and I'm looking forward to the game against Tulane.
1: Yeah, they played a little longer of a bench because they got way, way, way out ahead late. And, and, you know, Shema Scott and some of these guys got more minutes than they normally would. I thought that was interesting on Walton because, you know, he's back. Obviously, he was effective, but that's not the normal amount of minutes he would play. He he rarely sees time away. So we'll see if they were just taking a cautious approach and then can really turn him loose or, or if whatever it is that he's been dealing with uh, physically will, will limit his minutes to some degree here. But, yeah, it was – I mean, look, you, you beat Tulsa. Tulsa's not good, and so you don't want to take too much away from it. I think we just simplify it. And the Shockers played at a level offensively that they're going to need to play at to make a run in this tournament. And, you know, that offense for them is is opened up a little bit. Craig Porter Jr. has just been out of this world lately. A double-double, 10 points, 11 assists, a couple steals. Uh, stunned that he didn't have any blocks in the game. But, you know, he continues to play really well, I think, uh, Xavier Bell looks like he's getting just a little bit more comfortable out there. But, you know, it's yesterday it was Rojas and Poto just sort of setting the tone and, and Porter finding ways to find them early. I don't think it'll be that way every game, but that's always a good place to start for Wichita State. And they kept putting up the numbers yesterday of, you know, what was going on. Wichita State only took eight threes in the first half, made one of them. And, and Tulsa started to shoot the ball well from beyond the arc. That's how that game was close, right? They hit six in the first half, but they weren't making anything else. So you see you go into halftime, and it's like, look, that ain't going to continue into the second half, guys. Keep doing what we're doing, and we'll be fine. Then all of a sudden, the Shockers hit a few threes in the second half, and everything's good. But they still only took 10, Tommy, in the second half. So it, it is so refreshing and good to see this team. And some of those threes came very late, right, by the reserve players who don't get to play a lot. So they didn't falter or waver from that game plan of working it inside, and and that's going to be the path for them. And then if you can also get hot and make some threes, that's that's the formula to, to try to win this tournament, right? Like, if you can do everything else you need to do, and then you also get the cherries on top of, of happen to having a good three-point shooting game, that's going to be what it takes, right? I don't think they're going to beat Memphis or Houston if they can't play their style and hit some threes. And they did that last night. And I don't know. Like, for me, seeing a team shoot well in a certain gym kind of means something, right? Like, they shot the ball pretty well yesterday in that gym. Maybe that's a sign of things to come. I don't know. Um, I I would think it feels different shooting in every gym that you shoot at. I'm not a high-level shooter uh, by any means, so... You know, take that for what it's worth. But <laughs> I, I just, like, quite simply, that was the exactly the way we wanted to see Wichita State start yeah. this tournament.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when, when Poto and Rojas, you know, between the two of them, they were 12 of 19 from the field. And and so it was effective. It, it worked to get the ball in the post to those two guys and, and let them work at the rim. And, and that was effective for the Shockers. And, you know, going back to the, the way that they shot threes, uh, it's night and day. I mean, I think back to at the beginning of the season when, you know, we would talk about how they kept launching threes and it wasn't working and they could never move away from it. And it was frustrating. And well, that's there were a the problem last times, year
1: too. Well, there were times that year. I was
2: I was yelling at my TV. I know a lot of shocker fans were like, do something different. This is not working. And just that over reliance on shooting from beyond the arc. And I felt like, okay, they've got the talent to do it, but it's not working. And, but that was the way the team was built. That was their identity at the time. At least they thought that was their identity. And I think a lot of credit, honestly, is deserved to Isaac Brown for making those adjustments probably midway through the season or so where they kind of got away from relying on shooting the three now they still shoot I mean they shot 18 you know over the course of the game it was not a ton but they they were able to be more effective shooting the three uh, but really finding other ways to get going offensively and utilizing guys like Poto and Rojas Uh, and they I felt like especially yesterday Poto and Rojas uh, they proved, and, and they've done this before, it's not the first time, but, you know, they proved that throwing the ball into them and letting them work, uh, they, that's effective, and it works. And so continue to do that, and I would imagine that we'll continue to see Wichita State implement that, uh, especially tonight against Tulane.
1: Yeah, Tulane, we we assume it's going to be a shootout. Uh, the over-under over on BetMGM at 150. Um so that's that's probably a pretty comfortable number. I, I go over the shocker number. It's like a thing now. It's almost an auto bet to go over the shocker total these days. Um, if if the games are like Tulane has been, you can expect a shootout. And and I think that it's it's a fine. I'm comfortable with it. Um, but it's already moved to 151, by the way, since since I've been looking this morning on BetMGM. So there's movement on that line, which is interesting. But it's um. It's gonna be a fun one against Tulane tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. If you take away from yesterday what needs to be implemented today, I, I mean, try to, you know, try to start down low if you can. Let Craig Porter be the facilitator, be the leader, be the, you know, he, he has just been so um impressive, like in different ways. He he just takes these games over. And You know, it's kind of what we thought he was going to have to do earlier in the season. He didn't really have to do it at all points this year, but now that he is doing it, I think we're seeing the best version of this team. James Rojas is an offensive threat, always. Uh, Jérôme Pierre, if he shoots the ball well, that's the best version of the Shockers. Jaquan Walton getting to the free throw line, which he didn't do yesterday, and I don't know how much he's going to be able to do that, depending on how he is physically. But, you know, they're just, they're really grooving. It, it always becomes that question of is their best good enough to beat Memphis and Houston? I think that it is, but it, it takes their best, not the best from those two teams, and things to go well, but that's the kind of stuff that happens in March, right? Like, we, we see that stuff happen all the time, so here we go. Let's see if they can get it done, and let's see, you know, you gotta get through Tulane first, and for whatever reason, they have not been able to put Tulane away this year when they've had big leads, so that would be nice, but I, I don't want to oversimplify it because Tulane's been really good and they've got some incredible offensive players that you're going to have to deal with. And you gotta, you know, you gotta be able to do that three times against them.
2: Well, I said this yesterday on the show, and I'm gonna double down on it today. Uh I think you if you can strip away all the records from all the teams in the American Conference and where they finished in the regular season, you take all that away and you simply look at the talent level, and the way that the teams individually are playing right now entering the conference tournament. Wichita State's the third best team in the conference behind Houston and Memphis. They may have finished sixth in the conference in the regular season, but right now the way that they are playing and the way that they're clicking and gelling offensively the, the system that they've implemented where it's working efficiently on the offensive side of the ball for Wichita State, they are the third best team in the conference. And so uh, I go into this game tonight against Tulane knowing that even though the Shockers are one and one uh, this season against Tulane, they lost an overtime at home and then beat Tulane on the road towards the end of the regular season. I expect Wichita State to win this game. I think they are more talented than Tulane is. The Tulane's record may be better than Wichita State's, but the way that the Shockers have been playing as of late, I fully expect Wichita State to win.
1: One outlier to that third team, because I agree that they, they're better than Tulane and they're better than Temple. I'm not sure they're better than Cincinnati. Cincinnati's sort of been this unknown to me this year. Um, Cincinnati's been really good, too, down the stretch here. And they play Temple today, so they've got a, you know, they've got their own tough matchup. That's actually one I'm pretty interested in. At two o'clock, Temple and Cincinnati. But Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati might be better than Wichita State. I, I'm not. I'm gonna just call them an outlier because I, I really don't know. I've, I've seen them the least of all of these teams we're talking about. But either way, Wichita State's in that same conversation. And and again, it's March, and again, it's really just comes down to like, what's your best, and is your best good enough, and. Regardless of anybody, despite anybody else in the league, including the number one team in the country in Houston, yeah, I think Wichita State's best is good enough to win a game like this on a neutral floor. And and that's that's pretty much it. And look, they got out to a great start. What did they start? On a 10-0 run. And then all of a sudden, Tulsa stormed back. And then Tulsa started hitting a bunch of threes and kept it close in the first half. And the Shockers didn't waver. And, they, and, and they've gotten better at that, Tommy, late in the year. They've gotten better at... Putting the you know the pedal to the metal and and just kind of cruising through these things the way that they need to that was something they really struggled with early in the year.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, something don't you remember we, a painful memory? Were, yeah, there were there were a lot of games where they got out to a lead and then it was almost like it was scripted and you could Ugh. see it coming a mile away and you're like, oh god, here we go. That well, lead PTSD. is that lead is not safe at all. And they they've done a better job as of late, uh, being able to put teams away and, and not giving up that big lead. And, you know, yeah, they, they didn't play, I think, up to their, their expectations in the first half, a five-point lead against the team that's at the very bottom of the conference. You'd like, to, you'd like to have it be a little bit more comfortable than that at intermission. But uh, the way that they responded in the second half and just completely pulled away, never let Tulsa back in the game. Uh, I mean, that. that's what again, that's what we needed to see from Wichita State. And you and I have said it multiple times. As soon as we knew that Wichita State was going to be facing off against Tulsa in the opening round of the tournament and they weren't going to get that first round by that kind of game, you have to win. You have to beat a much inferior opponent and you should be doing it comfortably.
1: Yeah, it, it's um but it, it will be the, I don't think Tulane is an inferior opponent though by the way like y- no, yes we both not at all. think that Wichita State is probably more talented than Tulane but I think it's really close cuz I think I think highly of Tulane it, that, that doesn't have anything to do with Wichita State I think highly of Tulane I think they've got some really 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 good players and honestly the same things we're saying here about Wichita State should be being said about Tulane Tulane's best is good enough to make a run in this tournament. I, I don't. I I fully believe that. So, you know, I'd I'd much rather be playing uh, Temple, for instance, or, uh, well, I, again, I don't know about Cincinnati, but but I think Tulane. I think highly of Tulane. We'll we'll keep it to that. Now, Wichita State's played them well, and Wichita State needs to continue to play them well. And if they can do the things that they did yesterday, granted it was against Tulsa, they'll be just fine today. You'll hear that game over on KYN. We'll tell you more about that later. We'll look uh, sort of ahead to that matchup specifically a little bit later. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. K-State did not win yesterday. That game was intense, man. I was tired after watching that game against TCU last night. We'll talk about the Cats next on Sports Daily.
3: All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/slash Odyssey Podcast.
0: Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
1: Sports Daily on a Friday uh, as we count down to Selection Sunday here and make our way through the conference tournaments. K-State will not. They are handled by TCU last night. TCU never let the Cats back in that game. Um, It was pretty pretty tight but TCU just, you know, they kind of flexed a little bit. Mike Miles was fantastic. Chuck O'Bannon maybe with his best game ever. Um, And, you know, they didn't have Lampkin but it was okay. And man, Tommy, those two teams just beat the crap out of each other. Uh, that was a physical game. And, you know, that sort of epitomizes Big 12 basketball. And I think it's why we all kind of like the Big 12 come tournament time. You know, if they don't have a quick whistle uh, in whatever individual game, man, they're going to be, they're, they just, like, they're so physical. And TCU, I think, reminds us, of just how much talent they brought back yesterday. And yes, Miles has been the straw that stirs the drink for sure. I probably overplayed Lambkin; He was the darling of the tournament last year. Um, but they they, you know, he's an he's a unique player, but they've got some bigs that are gonna be just fine filling in, I think. And TCU looks pretty good. I mean, I I, I don't want any piece of TCU if I'm anybody no. left in this tournament. If they're nope. going to play that way, the way that they did last night, they look good. K State just K State couldn't get it done. TCU was just better in that game. On top and, of and yeah, K State doesn't match up well with TCU right. either. By the way,
2: on top of that, for TCU, I watched that game and the entire time, and I know they were without Eddie Lampkin, but the entire time I watched that game, and I thought, man, if Mike Miles had been healthy throughout the regular season, they would have won the Big Twelve. Like I, I just I watched that. Yeah, game I don't and think how that's physical. Outrageous. They were. I mean, man, like they are they're so good. And uh, so, you know, they're going to be seated appropriately based on where, you know, their regular season was and all of that without Mike Miles. That's where they're going to be seated for the NCAA tournament. Uh, But I'm with you. I wouldn't want any piece of TCU, not only in the Big 12 tournament, but in the NCAA tournament as well, just because of how physical they are in regards to Kansas state, you know, Keontae Johnson fouled out, um, you know, that, that wasn't, uh, ideal for the Wildcats. Of course, it was late in the game and they were kind of out of it at that point, but the turnovers, and we've talked about the turnovers so many different times. Tim Fitzgerald has mentioned it as the Achilles heel potentially of this Wildcats squad in March. And it, it showed up, it reared its ugly head yesterday for the Wildcats, 20 turnovers. Marquise Noel had five of them. Uh, and, and so you can't have that. You can't have that in a win or go home situation. And they've got to do a better job of taking care of the ball. I'm a little honestly disappointed in Kansas State uh, because about, I don't know, three hours before the game, uh, I I picked Kansas State in an article with BetQL uh, to potentially make the Final Four. I thought that they would be a, a team that I thought could make the final four, but they're not going to be able to if they turn the ball over like they did last night.
1: Well, and TCU is such a bad matchup for them. I I don't think that Kansas state, you know, my, my thoughts on Kansas state don't change a whole lot. Um, And everybody's going to have that Achilles heel, right? Like, I don't think there's any team in the country that is immune to a bad matchup. I actually think KU because of the versatility they've shown us offensively might be, as immune as you can be. But even then it doesn't, it doesn't feel like everybody's immune. I still worry about KU if they play really good bigs. Right. So even though they've proven to us this year, they can handle that. But like if, you know, a team that is allowed to be as physical as TCU was being allowed to be last night, right. That, that the the referees let that be a physical game. And I don't have any problem with that. Um, that's going to force more turnovers for K-State, right? If a game gets more physical, K-State will turn the ball over a little bit more. That's been, you know, Marquise Noel's one thing that he doesn't do well. He turns the ball over too much. But if it's a quick whistle or, you know, not everybody's TCU. TCU's unique, right? So if Kansas State doesn't match up, you know, you put Kansas State up against some fluff team, they're going to be fine. But
2: don't you think, and I don't want to be overly negative on Kansas State. I think they have a really, really high ceiling uh, in the tournament. But don't you think that, when a team in the NCAA tournament knows they're going to be matched up against Kansas state. Now you can't make a team something they're not, but you're, I mean, I think the blueprint has got to be try to out physical them, push them around well, a is. little bit, get but them You got to be able over. to
1: do it. You got to be well, able to well, do yeah, it. Yeah. And right. good, good luck. Most people out physically Keontae Johnson, right? Like have fun with that. Have fun trying to do that. TCU did a good job at TCU's really good at that. Right. Kansas State's going to be able to out-physical a lot of people when, you know, in, in K- Kansas State's a physical team. Like, that that's fine. And they have the two All-Americans. I still like all the same things I like about K-State. TCU's just a bad matchup for them. Um, and TCU's going to present a bad matchup for just about anybody they play. If I, I'm Miles not sure, going. though.
2: I'm not sure, though, that you can—and uh, I'm not saying you are, but I'm not sure you can really downplay— uh, the, the way that, it, again, I, again, I like Kansas State. I like what they can do. Um, but, man, I certainly have more concerns now than I did before about, yeah. you know, just going to take out physicaling them. That's not a word. Physical. Being more being physical than physical. they are. Yeah. And, I don't I'm not uh, downplaying gonna, gonna the loss.
1: Them. I don't like the loss because it does. Yeah. It highlights a flaw there, which is turnovers, which we've known is a flaw. And, yes, teams are going to try to do that. Most teams, though, my point is most teams – the vast majority are not going to be able to impose their will physically on Kansas State. TCU just happens to be one of the most physical teams in the country. I mean, it looked like they had their football team out there. Just look at the dudes. Right. Like, if that group gets to be physical, they're as beefy as any team in the country.
2: Yeah. Uh, On a side note, I would like everybody to forget that I tried to make out-physicaling a word, which is not a word. If we could just... Wipe that from everybody's memory. That'd be great. There you go. Physicality. More physicality. I like it. Uh 869-1240 is
1: the number to call. We're gonna I'm clearly uh, take a, a wordsmith. We'll we'll spend our number two looking ahead now uh, to games for KU in Wichita State. Uh, K-State will spend a little more time as they got the short segment there talking about what's going to happen with them moving forward. It's sports daily on a Friday, the Friday before selection Sunday. Here we go.